0: Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering The Emma Project by Sonali Dave. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez.
1: And I'm Jillian Davis. Keep up with us on TikTok, Instagram, and Patreon at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another extremely exciting episode of the Pemberley podcast. How are you doing, Yolanda? I'm doing good. Today's a little overcast, which is very nice. It's been a nice break from the intense heat wave we experienced in California. It was pretty unbearable. And now we're getting into fall for me. I mean, fall is a state of mind. You yes. and my. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm usually in a place where I'm ready for fall after the Fourth of July. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that's our last big summer holiday, and then right. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for school supplies. Right. I'm ready for my sweaters and my jeans. I'm ready for boots. I threw out so many boots in the pandemic, but now I'm like, guess what? I need them again, because how am I going to slosh through all this SoCal rain? I know. know. In my neighborhood,
0: I'm seeing the pumpkin patch is starting to get set up, and I saw pumpkins at the market this morning. So it's like, okay, we're getting there. I agree. It's a state of mind because the weather isn't fully there yet, but once it drops below 80... (laughs) Let me tell you,
1: from your lips, I've been waiting for this temperature uh, gauge for quite some time because it has been a hot summer. It's like fall is cozy. Fall is pumpkin stuff. I think there's a lot of states where fall just kind of happens to them. I went to college on the East Coast and like, I'll never forget my first fall foliage. And I was like, get out. This is real. Wow. Because it's just from the movies. Yeah. Weather is only in the movies. Weather is in the movies and we don't really get that. So when we get like a little bit of cloud cover, we're like, shut up. Are we like about to get haunted right now? (laughs) (laughs) At least that's how I feel. Like I hear crows and I'm like, oh, it's so spooky outside. (laughs) Before we get into chapters 13 through 16 of The Emma Project, we wanted to talk a little bit about what we've been watching. And mine is spooky because, well, but I love it. And it's, It's something that I didn't hear about, and it's been on Netflix for a couple of years. It's called Blood of Zeus. If you're a child or if you don't like animation gore, which is not something I would say I like, but it was something that I discovered was very much part of this show. It's not any kind of specific Greek mythology retelling. It basically is like this hero's journey story that like takes place with all of our favorite Greek gods and goddesses. And I feel like the number of really good adventure animation shows where you learn a lesson. There's not like a ton of them. Like the only thing I can really think of is Avatar the Last Airbender, which I will always plug. This is like a much more adult version of that. It's pretty good. I do want to warn people though, that like, even though it's animated, it's very well done. And you know, there are some sort of gruesome moments, but you know, not every second of it. It's not something I'll probably watch. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. That's okay. I don't (laughs) know. That's why I gave that disclaimer. I mean, I'm a huge, I've kind of been in like a Greek mythology, like mood lately. I feel like I was always such a Greek history nerd. And I feel like there's never like a Greek mythology movie That's not about, like, a war that's happening. Right. I'm here for the fashion. I'm here for the vibes. Can we have, like, Pride and Prejudice, like, an ancient Greece, like, mythology kind of a thing? I just want to throw it out there because I feel like we only make these movies for war.
0: I feel like that's what we're waiting to see for Lore Olympus once it does get published and made into a TV show. Until then, we just have to either write it ourselves or hope for it or put it out there, so... That would be fun. That would be a more fun aesthetic to just see like gods just like gallivanting around and like whatever mischief they're up to rather than just like, oh, this like gritty dark drama. (laughs) This is gonna be like about war. Exactly.
1: And thank you so much for bringing Laura Limbus into this. I I try and bring it into most conversations. And it's just always gonna be one of my favorite books. What about you, Yolanda? What have you been watching lately?
0: Opposite of that. (laughs) It's a movie I haven't actually quite finished yet, but it's really good. It's called Love in the Villa. It's on Netflix. It's a rom-com about a third grade teacher who has this beautiful trip planned to a tea. She loves Romeo and Juliet. She's always wanted to go to Verona. And she's going to go there with her boyfriend, fiance, then he breaks up with her. So she's like, what now? But she's like, she's still going to go. She's like, why not? I have planned this trip for years. I'm going to go. She goes into this beautiful Airbnb type situation in the Verona Square. It turns out there's this other very handsome man who is going to be there the exact amount of days. She is also going to be there. Neither one of them are going to give up their spot. So they have to live together for the duration. And at first they hate each other, but you know, time goes on. In a week. So it stars Kat Graham from Vampire Diaries and Tom Hopper from Umbrella Academy. I feel like they're both really good. Their chemistry was really solid. I feel like that's what I've been missing in a lot of rom-coms recently. Just like good chemistry between the leads and Mm -hmm. they have it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Also... She is so tiny and he is so giant.
1: (laughs) It's very funny. It's true that he is a giant. He needs to be a romantic lead. Like he's such a goofball, like golden retriever man.
0: I feel like in season one of Umbrella Academy, he's just like this angsty brooding guy with a chip on his shoulder. And over the course of the show, they've made him a little goofier and like kind of a dummy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're so stupid. But it's like really sweet. Yeah. And I'm
0: like, (laughs) On one hand, I'm like, what are they doing to his character? And on the other, I'm like, all right, I'll just go with it. They don't, It's only going to be around for one more
1: season. so I have him in my head saying, defending our honor, bro, like <laughs> once a week. He should be in more
0: rom-coms using the accent he has. Yeah. I will say we were briefly looking up Airbnb locations in Verona because like- Just curious. Just curious. If it's a real thing, we're like, oh, it's got to be like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars or something. We can't afford it, obviously, yeah. But there's actually places with like a balcony area in Verona. And I don't know if this is like in the exact square as Love and the Villa, but it's like $200 a night, which Mm -hmm. if you're going to go with friends and split it- Isn't going to be that bad. It's
1: like no money. It's like free. (laughs) (laughs) It's like free. Although uh, in the movie, like it's a one bedroom apartment with like vanity kind of couch from the 1800s. And there's no AC and there's a fan. I need AC in order to function.
0: I would think you need to go in the off season for good yeah. prices and
1: mm-hmm.
0: not too hot of weather, so. That's true, and then, then it could be fine.
1: I guess I've never thought about Italy in the winter, but I love how affordable it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah exactly. <laughs>
1: Let's dive into the Emma
0: Project. Previously, Jiggy only wanted to invest in Vonch's idea and cut off Nina's long-term project that she had been working on for 10 years. So Vonch and Nina are a bit in conflict right now, but they had a drunken night together. There was a passionate night with clothes on, and that's really where we're picking up. Well, not yet, actually, because... <laughs> That's where emotionally they both are picking up. But before we get to them in chapter 13, we actually jump back to Isha's point of view. Isha's chapters, I just feel like are so different from the rest of the book in a really great way because it feels like you could take these chapters out, even though like the story is intertwined. You need it within this book. It almost feels like the tone you could take these chapters out and make it into a novella, its own like story and you can just follow them because it is just very like Romeo, Juliet, Aladdin, Jasmine, Davy, Pex and Hall, Yoshida. It's all these moments of like like the stars in their eyes and everything and the like, beautiful and love. So it's really fun because Isha is out on her balcony looking for Garuda. She's like, where is he? I haven't seen him since that day I saw Sid. And then who's there? But Sid, he's like, who are you talking to? Like, who else is coming up your balcony? <laughs> Again, they're drawn to each other and the chemistry is just off the charts.
1: Petition to make Isha the main character. Because yes. I feel like ever since I we've been introduced to Isha as a character, I've been like, waiting for her to have a bigger role in one of these books. Because like Sonali is not going to play us like that. If she's introducing us to someone, if we get even a little bit of family background on them... They have main character energy. And I feel like the stakes are so much higher for her love story. Not to throw shade at vonja Nina. The only thing keeping them apart is like, mm, it, it was weird that I was with his brother. And right. like, everyone has intimacy issues. And that's fine. That's normal. <laughs> well, I'm here for that. But Isha, like, has basically been confined to this bedroom for most of her life. Like, she's almost 40. And she, she's like Nina's age. And she's like... Yeah. She knows 15 people, you know? She literally only knows her family and some, like, maybe some close family friends. Most of what happens in life she's only heard about because of her health and physical and mental. The fact that a man literally, like, broke into her property and is, like, (laughs) so, like, stargazy eyes with her and she's, like, stargazy eyes at him is such a big deal because, like, you know, it's, like, hard for everyone to find love, but, like, it's, Actually hard for her because she can't leave or hasn't left. She hasn't left. She's kind of like Rapunzel where it's like, we don't know what happens when she leaves. She gets really easily overwhelmed. Uh,
0: Yeah. And I think the thing is everyone in her family, they're so aware of her situation and how delicate she is and how any kind of heightened emotion can overwhelm her. So no one's really asking her questions because they're like, well, we kind of know what's up with you. You're just here. And we tell you things. Mm -hmm. You don't really ask us things. So we don't ask you things back because that's kind of the deal we have. But then you have Sid who comes in and he doesn't know her history. He just wants to get to know her as a person. And I really liked this from the book because he asks her, you first tell me something no one knows about you. That made Isha want to laugh and cry. Everyone who knew her, a sum total of 15 people, was always too afraid to ask her about herself. And that's just sad because it's like her her network, her little bubble has been so confined. And now this guy comes in her life and like, I still want to know what his intentions are because why was he exploring? Why was he looking? I'm hoping the best for Isha and Sid. She's kind of taken a deep dive into this and seeing where it goes.
1: She's very invested in this. This is, I don't want to say so blatantly, like, it sucks that people treat her this way. But I feel like people treat her like she's sick, like she's got cancer or something. But also she has visions and she has prophecies. And I think she likes being of service to people and and helping see what's in people's futures. But it's like, people only, like, ask her about stuff if they want, like, a reading, if they want, like, a vibe check from Isha. Yeah. And this guy is not asking anything of her he just wants to see her he's just asking for a few minutes of her time sid's energy is just like so like good for her they're
0: both overwhelmed by this like Mm -hmm. that's a new kind of energy for both of them because sid also immediately trusts her and he tells her something that he's never told anyone which is he doesn't know his real birthday they just have like an estimated date of when they celebrate his birthday isha feels bad because she's like oh no like i made you open up to me and he's like no no but i wanted to open up to you but isha then is like crying she's like i don't want you to feel bad for like telling me something you've never told anyone and it's like trauma meets trauma (laughs) and they're just both trying to go through this together like they're both just very aware of each other's feelings and like how heightened this whole situation is so then isha faints Sid comes up to her room and tries to help her regain consciousness and she's freaking out because she's like, a boy in my room, a boy in my room. But then he leaves and she's like, come back and wait for me. I'll wait for you. So they're still very cute. Like they're still like circling around each other. There's no like Set dates or plan to see each other again. It's just like they're gonna see each other when they see each other.
1: This is, I feel like, the first really true blue, like Jane Austen love story in any of these books because it's like very chaste and it's very polite. There's no technology. There's no like, what's the job here? What's like, it's just like these two people who can't get enough of each other and have to try and make it work. It's very interesting because I, I've been really thinking about what Isha's obstacles are. What could stop her from just saying to her family, I'm going on a walk. Could she do that? Is that possible? Is she a hostage, you know? It's been so long since she's
0: thought about what she wants and which, where she wants to go, that she worries like about everyone else worrying about her. She's built her own box and stayed in it. And everyone's like, cool, Isha's in her box. We're fine with that. She's fine with that. We're just going to keep living life like
1: that. You know what I just thought of? Have you seen Howl's moving castle? I have. Okay. That probably means a long time ago. Yes, (laughs) I think she's like Sophie. Like from, Mm. and like, it's like Sid is like Howl where like, she's kind of like, created the safe little world for herself. Mm. Doesn't really think anything extraordinary will ever happen to her. And then he literally like shows up out of nowhere and they're like, they're kind of taking this like adventure together, you mm. know? And it's like, she is cut out for it.
0: Yeah. So I think for Isha, it's like, she's never thought about leaving. So this is opening up that possibility again and, and making her realize, oh wait, I do want that, but she's not there yet it's kind of opening up her world again in a new way where she's like, my world doesn't need to be just these four walls. So we'll come back to Isha in a future episode, future chapter. Let's go on to chapter 14, where we're back to Nina's point of view. It is the morning after the thigh incident. Trademark. She is piecing together the night. She's like, what happened? There was dancing. There was drinking. There was, Oh no. <laughs> and she remembers what happened with Vonch and she kind of also immediately pushes it out of her mind. She's like, no, 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 that didn't happen. He maybe he won't remember. I I don't I barely remember. So she's moving on. And in this moment of trying to process everything, her mom shows up and she's like, Great, this is exactly what I didn't want right now. Her mom is there and she's like, oh, there's like this picture of a young doctor that you should check out. Maybe he's a potential match for you. But you were dancing with Vonge. Oh, he's so exciting. But I don't think her mom doesn't see Vonge as an option. She's more just like, you were dancing. You never danced with Yush. So different. Those two brothers, aren't they? And it's like more of an observation that she's making.
1: I don't know. Do you think it's an observation or do you think mom secretly like knows what's up? And she's like, it's nice that you guys are... Friends, it's nice that you guys don't want anything more from each other because it would be so weird if you got together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I do wonder if Shandi knows something because at the end of this chapter... There's some kind of like thing she's hinting toward knowing. Nina doesn't really want to acknowledge it because she's like, no, no, no. No one can, no one else possibly knows about the thigh incident or something going on between me and Vonch. So she pushes that possibility out of her mind. But it does feel like the family knows something. We don't explore that in this chapter maybe she does know and maybe that's why she's kind of just trying to poke holes in her story and figure out what's really going on really what her mom apparently shows up for is she wants to take her out for doses and go have delicious spicy food it's a welcome surprise for nina she's like great we'll go out we'll i'll spend time with my mom but of course, what happens is the worst thing. Yesh Rajay and his beautiful girlfriend, India Dashwood, show up at the restaurant. Everyone's like clapping for them, taking pictures, asking for autographs. And she's like hiding her face. She's like, really? Of course, this what happened to me.
1: Can't go anywhere. I don't have a place of my own in the <laughs> city because he's the stupid governor. Yes. Like, I feel for Nina. You know, it's like this is her city, too. He doesn't. I mean, technically, he kind of like runs it. But like, yeah. shouldn't he be in Sacramento? Sweating because it's so hot <laughs> and so inland, you know? Yes.
0: India spots Naina first, and India is just so classy and nice, and she doesn't hold any resentment toward Naina, which Naina is like, please, I deserve it. I deserve your resentment. But she's not going to give it to her because India's moved on and she's happy. She's in love.
1: She got him. Yeah. She, she got, got like him. the love of her life out of it.
0: I will say, this is the first time we've kind of seen Naina admit to a plan and really trying some level of scheming, I would say, of thinking Yush wasn't serious about India, thinking this is just an infatuation and we're going to keep on our path. So that's why she went to such lengths as announcing a fake engagement on live television. That's why she cut her hair to make sure... No one thought that Yush was out with another woman. But then it started to unfold that, no, wait, Yush is really serious about her. He is going to leave me. And, you know, then the whole thing fell apart. She's seeing the error of her ways. So then they are talking. Yush is like, you look tired, which never say
1: that to anyone. Literally walk into traffic, That's the rudest thing you can say. You're the governor. Shouldn't you have tact? Shouldn't you be better at talking to people. I know. It's like
0: everyone knows what they look like. We know if we look tired, you don't need to point it out.
1: <laughs> it's exhausting to be so embarrassed running into your like fake ex and his new girlfriend and you're the governor. Like I know. With your mom who's like, do you think you still have a shot with him? I think you do.
0: I mean, literally that's what happens. Yeah. Because then, you know, Shandi is like, no, she looks beautiful. And he's like, yes, sorry, you look beautiful. <laughs> And then Shandi literally bursts into tears. She's like, she's like so convinced. She's like, just sit down. Maybe if we talk or if you guys talk, we can work this out. Completely ignoring India, who is again, just taking this with grace of like being in front of, in quotes, X. Mm -hmm. And the mom is still trying to be like, maybe we can make this all work, guys. Like, let's do it. The big incentive that Shandi gives Naina is she's like, listen, if you get back with Yush, Maybe I could get your father to talk to you again.
1: That's crazy. I mean, like, we hate him. Yes. Like, ever since chapter two, literally, I, like, I hope never have to see him again.
0: It's awful. It's awful. He's and awful. that's definitely not enough incentive for Nina because she's like, well, he shouldn't have just abandoned me because I didn't marry the governor of California. Yeah. But they're, they always try to maintain what I liked was this observation about even Nina's apartment of, like... The furniture she has, what they aim for within their family is, like, not expensive, but a polished look. Mm-hmm. And with it, when anything doesn't have that polished look, shondi is so upset. And she's like, here, I'm just going to buy you new stuff so it looks mm-hmm. nicer.
1: Pottery Barn Lady.
0: I think in the same way, they want, like, her love life to be this polished look. Like, just to have that appearance of perfection even if nothing is perfect. So the fact that they're seeing it as Nina failed, Nina threw it away, Nina lost the guy. She's lost that polished match.
1: Nina's parents, especially her father, have been trying to like compete with the Rajes. Yes. For years, like her whole life, And so he's always been like, ah, we will join our houses and that will elevate us. And now I think it's embarrassing to him. He even said it in like an early chapter, like you lost to like this yoga teacher, you know? And it's like, okay, well, it's not really about that. It's about like love, which obviously doesn't make sense to him because he doesn't have a heart or anything like that. You know, it's one thing to have felt like you lost this life that you were so familiar with for 10 years. Try some really dirty tricks to fix it at the end and still lost knowing you played all those dirty tricks you know feeling bad about it your father not talking to you and your mom still kind of swooping in and being like are you sure it can't work and it's like no they're probably about to be engaged like stop it yeah like her mom will be saying like at Yush and India's wedding like when their first child is born she'll be like I
0: object there's still a chance (laughs) I know (laughs) She'll be at the wedding yelling, I object. She'll be trying to stop it. She'll like trick Nina into wearing a white dress and showing up at the (laughs) chapel and being like, she's here. She's ready. We got her. (laughs) We're ready. That's the lines that she's going to. So in chapter 15, we're at Vonch's point of view. He has no idea how to address the thigh incident. So he's just focusing on hurry, who is scared to touch anything in his hotel room. He doesn't even want to sleep in the bed because he's like, what if I damage it? He's just very scarred from the experience that he's had. So he's like, doesn't want to be a burden to anyone. And it's like, get a grip, hurry. <laughs> like you need to be okay with at least sleeping in the bed. But Vonch is just very understanding. He's like, did you want a different hotel? Like I, you know, I didn't run through options with you. Maybe if we go through options and you pick the one that you're you're comfortable with, or like maybe we just, we put plastic is like, do you have yeah. like an issue? Like what's going on? Like, let me help. Yeah. So at least Vonch is there for him.
1: I know, but I think it's so sad that Hurry is so uncomfortable with like the kindness that he's yes. being shown and yeah, like, yeah. he feels like he doesn't deserve these nice things yeah. and that sucks
0: so Vaughn and Hurry go back to the omnivore building for another impromptu meeting with Nina he pretends to have a very important meeting with Jiggy he's like I just stopped by to say hi to Nina because I have to go to my meeting with Jiggy and that's when Nina comes out and she's like, you know, and I know that Jiggy's in New York and he's not here. He's like, aha, I got you out of your office. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point. I, I got got you. I was telling lies and you got out here. <laughs> the main thing that happens here is that as much as Vonch tries to get Nina alone, he has to tell her in front of everyone, which is that Jiggy is going to drop the funding for Nina's project. And of course, all her co workers are freaking out. They're like, what? We're going to lose our jobs? Like, what's going to happen? Vaunch is like, but wait, we can still save your funding as long as we work together. I don't know what reaction he was expecting from Nina to be like, oh, great. You found a solution already. Great. We just need to work together. You saved the day, Vaughn. Yeah. Um, That's very much not going to be the reaction he's going to (laughs) get.
1: No, it's like, oh, like I have to play by your rules in order to keep my funding that you took from me. Yep. Which is exactly what happens when we're in chapter 16.
0: This is from Nina's point of view. She's taking in this news and she's like, I don't understand why you don't understand why this is so messed up. Mm -hmm. And they keep circling this conversation of like, Nina has worked for 10 years, 10 years to maintain and keep these funds. And she's really, really just stressed and overworked. And she has so much pressure on her shoulders and she's carrying all of this. And for Vonch to just come in and Jiggy, he's like, Vonch is like, but I didn't even ask for the funding. Like, Jiggy just wanted to give it to me. And and I feel like Nina is like, wants to shake him. She literally says that. She wants to shake him. She's like, that's the point. You didn't even ask for it. Funding just falls onto your lap. You're a Rajay. Mm -hmm. This is your life. That's that's not been my experience. That's not my life. I've had to fight for every dollar that I've received. And Jiggy just comes in. He's like, Take all the money you want. And I think this is where we see the true Emma-ness of Vaunch coming out, where he's just like, this is just kind how it's going to be. Isn't this great? Like, we're both just going to work together, and this benefits both of us. Nina is different from Knightley, but she's like, you don't get it. You don't get the fact that you haven't had to work for anything. And I'm kind of starting to see the pieces fall together of, like, what our box hell is going to be. And it's going to be pretty devastating because the big thing is that they're going to need to get this app together.
1: I love that you're already piecing together Box Hill. I'm yes. still like, I'm still casting in my head, yes. right? Oh yeah, yeah, And I'm like, okay, so who's our Mrs. Bates? Sonali doesn't usually write exact replicas, but I'm like, there's going to be a scenario. My least favorite part in any Emma adaptate. I, like, literally mute it and, like, look mm-hmm. at my phone during that scene. Because I hate <laughs> – I just hate the way that she hurts Mrs. Bates like I know.
0: that. It's not going to be a good moment. No. Basically, Nina has no choice. She has to say yes because she's like, I, I don't want to risk losing my funding. So that's where things end up for them. Even though they've had, like, this really heated argument in front of everyone – Vonch takes that moment to be like, you weren't like this the other night kind of thing. And so she's like, how dare you bring that up? I barely remember it. And she really is denying, denying, denying Mm -hmm. that ever happening. She's just like, you helped me in a moment where I was drunk. You like... Took me to my apartment, that's but she doesn't. All I remember. That's it. That's it. So she's not. She doesn't want to acknowledge it. He is very aware of that, and he's gonna keep bringing it up, which is classic Vonch. So that's where things end up. Nina and Vonch reluctantly will have to work together in order for both their projects to succeed. Isha is waiting to hear. She'll just wait around to see if Sid comes back and we'll go from there.
1: Next week, we will be covering chapters 17 through 20 of The Emma Project. You can keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley, or you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com.